Hello everybody, I'm Alex Owen Hunt and welcome to the second season of the Rising Ecosystems podcast, where we explore startups, innovation and the communities that surround them. Joining me today is Jesse Bello-Perez. Hi Jesse, how are you doing? I'm really well Alex, how are you? Very well, thanks. So, we have done already one season. What did we do in that season, Jesse? <laughs> so we spent a significant amount of time looking at rising ecosystems across the UK. Um, so we looked at cities such as Belfast, Glasgow, Birmingham and Cardiff. And if anyone listening to this today hasn't checked those out, please feel free to do so. And also subscribe, because that means that you will ultimately get access to all the episodes that we do now, but also moving forwards. But today we're kicking off our new adventure. That is right. In this new series, we'll be exploring startup hubs internationally outside of the UK and beyond, seeking to find out what it's really like to start and grow a business in cities across the globe. And we're kicking things off today with Vienna in Austria. Jesse, what can we say about Vienna? I think it's fair to say that Vienna isn't the most obvious startup hub in Europe. And it doesn't tend to feature among the top 10 in most rankings, but it's definitely worth exploring. And I'm actually going to tell you why. So the first headline that you need to keep in your mind as we go through this episode is that according to PitchBook, startups in Vienna attracted $269 million in 2020. Um, there's no denying that that's an impressive amount of funding, but I think you also have to note that it pales in comparison to other major capital cities such as London, Paris or Berlin. So in terms of funding, impressive amounts being attracted by startups in Vienna, but we're really keen to find out why it may be lagging its peers and what it's really like to start and grow a business in Austria. And to do just that, we invited a prominent entrepreneur from the ecosystem onto the show to discuss their experiences. A few weeks ago, we spoke with Lucas Enzerdorfer Conrad, who is the Chief Product Officer at Bitpanda an investment and crypto trading platform based in Vienna, which has also offices across several European countries. Now, Lucas is in charge of a large chunk of Bitpanda, managing everything from business operations and growth to customer success. And he also has several years of experience in financial services for other companies based in Vienna. A quick disclaimer before we jump into the conversation. This episode was recorded prior to Bitpanda announcing its Series C funding round in August, which valued the company at $4.1 billion. But without further ado, here is our fascinating conversation about Bitpanda's journey and Vienna's startup ecosystem. Lucas, welcome to the Rising Ecosystem podcast. Hi, Alex. Hi, Jesse. Uh, great to be here today. Um, and yeah, looking forward to our discussion. As are we. Now, we want to address the elephant in the room. Bitpanda is probably best known for a, uh, as an investment platform for cryptocurrencies. So I wonder if you could start things off by just giving your take on the recent craze around cryptocurrencies. And as we're recording this, there's also been some kickback against some other platforms as well. Uh, and, and maybe dig a bit deeper in terms of how cryptocurrencies uh, have helped you develop as a platform for retail investors. Yeah, for sure. Great. Yeah, uh, you lined it out already quite well. So we at Bitfunder, we were established in 2014, um, founded by Paul, Eric and Christian, um, we, to make investing into Bitcoin as easy as possible. And this was our mission back then, um, to really bring it uh, or reduce the complexity which crypto assets and investing into crypto, especially back then, but still nowadays always have. Uh, and to uh, lower these barriers for investing into them. And since then, our platform has evolved quite strongly. And nowadays, we at Bitfunder have more than 2.7 million customers um, uh, scattered all around Europe in uh, many different countries. 
we are regulated um, in most of them too, and for sure all, uh, always where we offer, because we are really, um, and this is also we uh, did that since the first days, try to really be the most compliant and fully regulated uh, player in the space of Europe, especially in regards to crypto assets. And if we speak about what did we learn um, about uh, from crypto assets uh, in connection to retail investors, uh, a lot is that there are three characteristics which make uh, crypto really interesting for retail customers. And the first one is that you, and also the most important one, uh, that you can buy fractions of it. So you can buy Bitcoin partially. I can invest already one euro into Bitcoin um, and do not have to invest the current price uh, between 30 and 40K of US dollars. Um, so I can invest partially or fractional, which is not possible in traditional capital market traded shares, for example. Um, the second topic is uh, the topic of 24-7 tradability. You can buy and sell crypto all around the clock, even on the weekend, which is also not common if you look on the traditional capital markets. And the third topic is the transferability, that I can transfer you, uh, my Bitcoin, quite easily to you, Alex, um, and then you have it, um, which is not possible with Tesla stock, for example. I cannot transfer you my Tesla stock, which I own, because it's not transferable simply by the legal framework, which and also the technical framework where these things operate. And these three, three characteristics are highly interesting for retail users to invest into assets and to participate then also long-term in their value um, development. Um, and this is what, what we really learned out of that. And um, if we now jump to uh, the, the uh, end of Q2 this year, in 2021, uh, yeah, crypto uh, had a lot of volatility um, all around the whole year. First, going up um, quite strongly from a value gain perspective. Bitcoin even over 60,000 US dollars, um, and then by end of May, uh, we had a correction down to and currently it's a sideways movement between 30 and 40k US dollars. Um, and the whole market also in that regards. What does that mean? We at Bitfunder, we are a trading platform. Um, we give our customers the tools uh, to easily buy and or sell, depending on their market expectations. And what we've seen definitely is that this is not yet a downturn. This is definitely um, a price correction, which was already due to really the strong um, uh, upwards movement, but uh, will also uh, fundamentally can make a basis for future um, uh, further uh, gains on the valuation side. But this we will see in the future how this will work out. I think for us, and that's the most important topic, is we are providing the tools to really lower these barriers and to invest easily into crypto assets, but also into other asset classes on our platform. Great. Well, I just want to say I'm so glad you're here because I started off my tech journalism career in cryptocurrency and blockchain, actually. I was working at Coindesk around about the time you guys launched. So I've been following you for a while. Just given the nature of the ecosystem, um, I wanted to get a little bit more of an idea from you in terms of how you would define um, Vienna's startup ecosystem, but also why did Bitpanda actually choose Vienna and Krakow um, as the basis for your operations? Yeah, that's a very valid point. I think um, if you would have asked us the question in 2014, 2015, uh, Austria was not at all a place where uh, establishing a startup and especially a hypergrowth company would have made sense in any way. Nevertheless, the reason for us to start here, uh, even with um, a non-so-strong non developed ecosystem back then, was simply the reasoning that um, on the one side, all our founders and the founding team uh, was, was living in Vienna, but you can change that quite easily most of the time. Um, but especially the topic that the Austrian Financial Market Authority 
um, is also nowadays a really close collaboration partner of us. And we are in a very, very good connection in discussing uh, new initiatives and especially on the crypto asset side where a lot of regulation back then was simply non-existing and even nowadays uh, is, uh, the regulation is evolving constantly. Um, so it was very important on the one side for the Financial Market Authority and, and uh, the other um, authorities in Austria to have a counterparty which builds up knowledge locally for crypto. And for us, it was highly um, um, valuable that these authorities were open enough to uh, let us grow and grow with us together in a very joint collaboration. So um, this on the one side and the other side for sure is that step by step also the Austrian ecosystem evolved strongly. And even if you look now, on that we a couple of, of days and weeks ago, um, not just we are aware of the first unicorn in Austria from a valuation perspective, but now have a second. And this shows step by step that the Austrian startup ecosystem is also growing up, I would say. Um, that's the, what's the reason for Austria. Um, besides that, nowadays um, in 2021, we already realized uh, that we have also to move not just from a customer perspective outside of Austria, but also in general. And that's the reason why we not just in Krakow, Poland established uh, a location, but also have nowadays offices in Berlin, in London, in Paris, in Amsterdam, in Madrid, uh, in Barcelona, and for our Turkey business, even in Istanbul. Um, and the reasoning is because the talent, which is needed from, for our nowadays hyper-growth scale-up phase, is simply very hard to bring to Vienna because uh, most of them are quite happy living in Amsterdam, living in Berlin, living in London. Uh, so if they are not willing to come to us, we come to them, especially in a world of remote work uh, where uh, video conferencing nowadays is quite normal for all of us. So that was the reason why we opened up all these locations and hubs um, nowadays uh, for all different roles throughout the whole organization. Yeah, I'd like to dig a bit deeper into that because, I mean, Vienna is a beautiful city. Uh, if anyone listening, if you've ever been there, if you haven't been there, I should say, make sure you do go. You're saying it's difficult to attract them to Vienna. Can you just dig a bit deeper into why that might be um, and why some of these these talents see see themselves more comfortably, let's say, uh, for better phrasing in, in London, Berlin, some of the other more prominent startup ecosystems and, and hubs. Yes, for sure. So I think, uh, first of all, for sure, I have to state that Vienna is uh, one of the most uh, livable and, and valuable city, uh, cities if, um, when it comes to yeah lifestyle. And, and so uh, was rated also kind of like with Melbourne, more or less, from the time. So quite valuable. On the other side, that's simply the topic, right? Vienna is not a really buzzy, um, um, a large scale um, city like London, for example, or even Berlin, where you have um, an international standard of, 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 of clubbing, of uh, going out, of bars and restaurants. You have all of that also in Austria, but smaller, uh, especially in Vienna. So a lot of young people, especially, and people who are um, hungry and especially go for work uh, into these cities to uh, work in scale-ups, get experience there, be then much more senior, they on one side either um, want to stay in these cities on long term because they really love Berlin, they really love Amsterdam, they really love London, or on the other side, they want to move back home, uh, which is more of the most of the time than, for example, Spain or France or any other country or throughout Europe, for example. So getting the people then to Vienna uh, can work out if either there is a connection to any Austrian, so if the husband or the wife uh, has any Austrian connection or the person himself, or on the other side, um, they are uh, interested in Austria um, and also being in the middle of Europe to be able to get very fast to Central Eastern Europe and also other countries. 
Um, and that's simply the topic why there is the possibility, but um, for certain talents, it's much easier because they want to long-term stay in the cities um, to go to them and uh, obtain the talent there. And you said as well that the ecosystem had developed massively over the years. And what has been like the biggest changes for you um, over the last five or so, or so years? Yeah, I think really strongly is that you suddenly have people in Austria and also especially also in Vienna um, that have experienced growth, that have seen startups growing and not just having a small startups of up to 10 people and, and what else. But we have really in Austria nowadays a, a couple of very successful companies, Rantastic, for example, from Upper Austria, uh, which was sold to Adidas. Um, they, they, for example, there you have some talent there, which is experienced in what does scaling up mean? What does hypergrowth mean? And this is exactly also what we nowadays at Bitbanda experience and all our employees even will, will have that experience too in the future. Um, and this is helping the whole ecosystem on the one side and on the other side is, as mentioned in the beginning, the openness of uh, local authorities, doesn't matter if it's uh, the politicians, uh, politicians um, the chamber of commerce, um, but also the regulators, especially also in the financial service industry, are much more open than, than years and years ago, and this helps and fosters growth. You can see it especially, for example, if you compare it to UK with the FCA there, which established with the uh, FinTech Sandbox, uh, a quite good um, role model of how to do, uh, take care about FinTechs and, and uh, go to them and uh, give them the possibility and put their needs. And uh, nowadays we also have a couple, uh, or uh, introduced in Austria a couple of years ago, the FinTech Sandbox of the Financial Market Authority of Austria to exactly also foster growth in the FinTech environment. It's interesting you say that because I think the FCA was, and forgive me if I'm wrong here, one of the, at least one of the first authorities to- They were the first in, one. They were the first. From my understanding, yes. So exactly. they were the first and, and lots of other um, financial centers and, and, and countries followed suit. and. Often that's why you've seen a lot of fintechs move their headquarters to London. Um, I suppose I'm interested to know why you ended up staying in Vienna. I mean, I, I suppose we've discussed it to some extent, but why did you think that move to maybe a more prominent global financial center was not necessary for, for Bitpanda? Yeah, it has uh, an upside and a downside. Um, and the upside was definitely to not move um, around is that the talent we already got here, um, the connections, the establishment, and also the reach we generated through being in Austria, Vienna, uh, which is especially if you're uh, thinking about Europe as, as a whole, quite well established from also regulatory compliance level, meaning that if you speak about Austrian banks, they have quite high reputation from also regulation perspective. And also if you speak about us as um, a digital asset neo brokerage company, um, offering also crypto, for example, as part of our offering, um, it's also um, from a standing perspective where very, very um, good perceived um, and received that we are in Vienna, Austria, fully regulated by the authority because after Bafin in Germany, uh, the Austrian FMA is uh, an as equal hard regulator as, as the Germans are, right? So that is a quite, from a trust perspective, highly valuable to our customers compared if we would have moved to Malta or Lithuania or any other much more not that hard regulated environment, I would say. Um, that's simply the topic uh, on the one side and on the other side from a for sure disadvantage perspective is what I said in the beginning, that it's much harder to obtain talent um, and to get talent either to Austria or to grow it on, our, on your own. And this was really the reason that you have to have locations and offices also in other cities um, to obtain the talent long term. 
Yeah, and I, I do this in every episode. Like we when we're doing season one of the UK ecosystems, we were trying to kind of get a sense of how they each compared to each other. And you've kind of touched on there, you know, in terms of the UK. If we look at the European landscape specifically, like some of the neighboring countries that you're surrounded by have really strong ecosystems, like Berlin, for example, really comes to mind and so does Frankfurt. So I just wonder, what's your perspective in terms of how you see your position within that and you know what are the kind of downsides when it comes to operating and yeah i know you said talent earlier uh, but i wonder if there's anything else that you can yeah Uh, exchange of knowledge is a topic um especially normally if you are for example uh, being in berlin and 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 building something up like uh, our big vendor or being in in london for sure also for the market um you have much easier um people who are also are currently in the same situation in a different industry uh, with a different business model but probably also b2c like we are mainly um, and therefore uh, you can have our cto talking to another cto much faster with, who share probably the same um, challenges um, or, or uh, scaling issues ahead um, or also existing um, much much sim- more similar and, and can discuss solutions much more and this is also something which was not there in vienna at all which step-by-step established itself now, where also the other players in Austria helps a lot. For example, Amazon AWS, they are really doing um, now a a great job in building also a a part of the ecosystem here in Austria with a round table also for for different asset CTOs, for example, but it it goes across the whole company, right? So simply finding like-minded people who probably have faced or are currently facing the same challenge geographically near to you is much harder. Um, for sure, um, online you can find them or through network investors um, too, but uh, to exchange their ideas and also get different opinions, it's for sure easier in, in cities where the ecosystem and the amount simply of uh, startups and scale-ups is much more. I just have one other question as well, because I was just sitting here thinking that actually there's a lot of multinational tech companies based in Vienna that have an HQ there. So I just wonder what's kind of their interaction with startups? Is there an an element of co-innovation or is it too early for the ecosystem to kind of talk about that specifically? There are definitely initiatives um, from all the large corporates. But it mainly is not so much depending on, uh, for example, the startup ecosystem. It mainly is depending on how strong these corporates. Doesn't matter if it's a multinational tech company or an international banking group or a large insurance group, which we also have here a couple of in Austria. Um, how eager and serious are they with their co-innovation or um, um, in, in innovation labs or programs? Because partly it's definitely just their innovation lab and they are doing that besides the normal organization and the rest of the organization is not that eager or you have companies or banking groups which are really eager where the ceo is really behind it and then they they really focus on that strongly and this fosters the whole ecosystem um so you have both examples um but i think we are definitely on a very good track and of course bitpanda will have played the role in that becoming the first Austrian unicorn so you can give yourself a pat on the back in that sense lucas but uh, I, I know that up to date you've raised over 280 million dollars um and you know you found in 2014 some may argue that that is perhaps a more sustainable path to becoming a unicorn than some of your peers or, or other fintechs that have seen some of this rapid growth in, in, their, in their valuation and, and sort of their path i wonder maybe you could speak to that what, what believe you're on a sustainable path uh, and, and what what maybe are some of your plans for the future 
Yes, for sure. So for us, it was always important to build a company which is not uh, openly spoken burning money. So it's not about uh, fueling or, or um, uh, yeah, growing based on a burn rate um, or something like that. We were always interested in establishing a business model which is profitable, cash flow positive, and it can grow out of its own strength. And this is what we really achieved. We have Bitman as cash flow positive since a couple of years. Our whole growth of these up to 500 employees, which we are currently here um, in, in Europe, uh, were complete, completely um, financed out of our own cash flow, which is, from our perspective, a really, really strong achievement and success. Nevertheless, um, you then also reach a certain point where it's simply about how fast do you want to scale. And this is also what uh, we have seen in the last uh, year, that we want to scale even faster and that we want to have also strategic uh, advisors as part of that. And these were the two main reasons for us to obtain additional funding and to do our first Series A and then our Series B round and to obtain exactly strategic investors, uh, international network um, in that uh, scale-up scene and for sure have the money um, to scale much faster from a geographical perspective and in markets and to extend our product um, from a functionality perspective for our customers. So obviously there's a lot to say in terms of the amount of growth that you've experienced and also the funding, but your latest Series B was $170 million and that was obviously ra raced by Peter Thiel's Valor Ventures and other big, big funds. Um, so I guess the biggest question for me is, one, how do you plan to use the money? But also, is there pressure for startups in, in Austria specifically to go out and, and raise funds abroad? Or what does the funding landscape look like in Vienna? Yes, I think uh, it mainly depends for um, angel investments and also uh, smaller series A rounds, uh, you find uh, the proper network here in Vienna, um, but for everything afterwards, you have to go international. And then it doesn't matter if it's uh, European funds or also US funds, like for example, the uh, mentioned Peter Thiel uh, fund from Valar Ventures, uh, which invested into us. Um, there it's also a lot about knowledge, a lot about strategic advice, a lot about getting insights and experience from them. And this is, as I said in the beginning, right, the topic of what what does help you a lot in scaling up, not just the business, but also an organization, is uh, experience of other founders, of um, other successful um, um, VCs and other scale-ups in the end. And uh, they can really add value in sharing exactly that experience with you on an ongoing basis. And uh, therefore, I think, yes, for a certain amount of, of money and funding, you have to go outside of Austria, but it's just normal due to the small size of the country and therefore also the, the small size of potential capital uh, you can obtain. I think that's something we found uh, in a lot of ecosystems in the UK and certainly something we find globally um, that once it gets to that later stage, once it gets to scale up stage, uh, be B and bond, maybe even at A, there is always a need to look for that global capital. So. Interesting to hear a similar similar reflection there from you, Lucas. Now, as a, as a final uh, question, we've touched on the ecosystem and your growth, and um, it's been really fascinating to hear a bit more. But we're very keen to hear a little bit more about how the Austrian government has helped the ecosystem develop. Um, you may speak, we speak to some founders and entrepreneurs that say that governments play a role, but they they don't necessarily need to be interfering in in the the, the operations of different companies, etc. I wonder wh where do you stand on this? How has the Austrian government helped the sort of ecosystem propel itself uh, forward? Yeah, I think they definitely have initiatives in that regards, but it's not that we have a really large and, and 
digital um, startup um, network support, I would say, right? So it's a lot of initiatives of different areas uh, from the uh, either politician governmental side or also from just the, the ecosystem side. It's not that there is nothing, but if you compare it to larger um, cities, major European capital cities, and they are recording startup support, um, it can be more also in the future. But it, it's okay for where we currently stand. I think it's just simply the normal uh, progress and development, right? We currently stand in Austria, where I don't know Berlin was a couple of years ago. Um, we really tried to speed up quite fast, uh, but that is a natural development where the startup ecosystem, the government, um, and also the uh, um, parties which are uh, stakeholders also involved into that, doesn't matter if it's corporates or, um, or other associations, they simply all have to evolve to that standard and that size and that support. Well, certainly we, we hope that Vienna does get to the Berlin stage at some point, Lucas, and we will be keeping our eyes uh, firmly fixed on, on developments in the ecosystem. And I'm sure that the two unicorns of which you are one, uh, that, that, that number I'm sure will grow into the future. Uh, it's been fascinating to hear a little bit more. Um, I wonder maybe if you had any closing thoughts or a main message to get across about Bitpanda's journey and the Vienna startup ecosystem. Yes, for sure. So also, thank you very much for having me today. It was really uh, great uh, discussing and, and talking here. Um, from a last thought perspective, I think you always have to bear in mind, doesn't matter if you're a founder or just uh, a, an employee, a team member um, of, of a fast growing company, it's all about delivery, right? Uh, you can have as much strategy as you want to have. I'm a huge believer of it's 99% delivery because in the end, only the result is counting, especially in a fast-moving environment as the startup and scale-up space is, and also ecosystems. And therefore, uh, being delivery-focused is one of the most important topics if you speak about success uh, in, in that environment. Uh, I hope that helps some people out there. Would be great. I am certain it will, and also no pressure, because as a unicorn, you now have a responsibility to kind of help take the ecosystem to the next level, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we are actively already doing our part here in Austria, but also in Europe on a more international level. But definitely are looking forward to strengthen that even in the future. So Jesse, some inspirational words there from Lucas to end our conversation. I'm really interested to dig a bit deeper into what it's been like to grow a company such as Bitpanda uh, and how the ecosystem has developed over the recent years. I wonder if you had any main takeaways from our chat. Yeah, I think the first thing that I need to do is actually be honest about the fact that I knew very little about Vienna as an ecosystem. Obviously, I know of VC funds based in Austria, but not it's not often that I actually get to speak to a lot of entrepreneurs and people working in startups um, in Vienna. But I think um, the main key takeaway for me was actually um, how Lucas was saying how early stage funding in the ecosystem is sufficient. But actually, when you're looking further, further and beyond that to look at growth capital, etc., um, that you have to look further afield. And I think this is also interesting because when we were doing UK ecosystems, that was also the case in a lot of the hubs that we we connected with, right? Um, I think angel funding and early stage is, is sufficient, but as soon as you get to like Series B and beyond, people had to come down to London. And I guess in Vienna's case, people have had to look overseas and particularly in Bitpanda's case um, in the US. Um, and again, it's not unusual for us to hear that because I know from a lot of the columns that I've done as well, 
um, in other hubs, it's often the case too. Um, but the other thing that he kind of um, said that really stood out to me was actually, um, you know, this like critical mass and how uh, the ben the ecosystem is starting to benefit from serial entrepreneurs, which are actually slowly emerging. And I thought that was really interesting because thinking back to season one, it was also something that was really starting to happen quite heavily in Belfast. And I think this is really when you start thinking about um, how those e serial entrepreneurs are coming back into the ecosystem, investing in companies, and that's where like you start to see hyper growth. Um, so I think it's just something really interesting and to keep an eye out on. Definitely. And and certainly Lucas mentioned uh, Runtastic, which is the fitness tracking app based out of Upper Austria that, that Adidas acquired. And as as we've seen in, in ecosystems across the globe, you have entrepreneurs that are very successful and, and employees at startups that then are inspired to go and set up their own ventures. So lots to, to keep our eyes on in, in Austria and Vienna. I think one one a uh, key takeaway for me was, you know, Lucas was mentioning Vienna is a very nice city to live in, uh, offers a great uh, level of quality of life, but they found some challenges in attracting young startup talent. Uh, perhaps maybe talent isn't really thinking of uh, Vienna as its first choice in terms of uh, European cities and hence why Bitpanda has spread to other cities such as Berlin, London and Krakow. But interesting, I think Vienna will definitely be one to watch and it has been fascinating to dig a bit deeper. Yeah, and I, I don't know what model they're kind of going to adopt in the future of work, but ultimately I'd be interested to see as well how things pan out moving forward because if they allow people to work from anywhere, um, I think ecosystems like Vienna that have perhaps struggled a little bit when it comes to talent attraction um, are probably well-placed to do really well. Absolutely. And listeners have a lot more to look forward to. We'll be exploring several more ecosystems across the globe through the lens of successful entrepreneurs and startups. Uh, so watch this space and we look forward to seeing you next time. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.